Welcome to the Burnout to Breakthrough podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Shoemake. This is episode 44, Life in the Time of COVID-19. We're going to need a bigger remedy box. Uh, it's funny, the last episode I did was almost a year ago, and it was about um, things that are in my, my anxiety remedy box and how we can deal with the amount of anxiety uh, that we had in uh, March of 2019. Well, I think we've ramped that anxiety level up by a factor of about 100 with uh, what we're going through with the quarantines and news cycles and everything with uh, with the coronavirus. So I want to do another podcast to give you some some things that you can do right now to decrease your anxiety, maybe some different ways to look at your anxiety, because we all have it right now. Um, there's more self-medicating going on than ever before, and we want to give you some things that you can do that will scientifically shift your body from that fight-or-flight mode, which puts you in a lot of anxious thoughts, poor sleep, um, you know, brain fog, all the things that the fight-or-flight mode causes, and then we can shift you back into rest, digest, and heal. So some updates for you and maybe some different ways to look at things. Uh, as I was just talking about the, the self-medicating, I think what's going on, there's two different types of anxiety that are happening right now. One is, I, I think, and for more for the people that I'm, I've been talking to, is they're just, they're out of their routine, right? We, we feel like we've lost a sense of control. Um, I was, we're moving office spaces within the same building and I was talking to a contractor, a contractor yesterday and he's like, yeah, all my jobs are put on hold um, because the, this one supplier is, is shut down for a while. And I said, any idea when it's coming back? He's like, no, have no idea. Um, same thing with us. We, we had to close our office for a short amount of time. Um, and people are asking like, well, when's it going to be normal again? I, I have no idea. You know, people are asking about sports. Is this event going to go on? Is that going to going to go on? I, I'm a big cyclist. So are they going to do the tour de France in July? We don't know. So there's this, it's messing with our routines. And then, you know, for me and my family, we, we all love each other, but there's a lot of, um, a lot of FaceTime. <laughs> so everybody's, you know, together a lot. And, you know, I'm not going to the office as much as I was. And my, my wife can't go to the gym right now. That was one of her big outlets. So I think that's where a lot of the anxiety is coming from. Um, the second area that the anxiety is coming from is people are actually scared of the virus. And um, so I want to talk a little bit about that as well, because I think that provides a lot of anxiety. Um, I think there's the, the, the fear of what if uh, there's the economy, like I just talked about. So it's, it's being cooped up. Um, and the economy, I think that's kind of all together in one. That's the things that we don't control. But then I, I think the, the, the other big one, obviously, is what happens if you get the virus. So just... Um, let, let me let me start there, I guess. Um, where I think of a lot of the anxiety is coming from is watching the news. And I, what I need you to understand on the news is it is worst case scenarios. All of those projections that you see and the curves that you see and the, the potential death rate and potential infection rate, those are worst case scenarios. The CDC actually came out with, with four different scenarios, A, B, C, and D, and I could not even find A and B because all you heard about was the worst case scenario. Um, everybody knows the, the, the media is not in the business of, of, of calming you. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying the media is making this up. This is obviously a big deal we need to pay attention to, but you do need to have some perspective when you're watching the news. You're watching worst case scenarios. That's why I just don't watch that stuff. Um, you know, and this is something I learned recently. Like I had to watch it a lot when I was um, in the last couple of weeks is I had to figure out what we were able to do in our office, what the social distancing guidelines were, what the Colorado, Colorado Department of Health was saying. So I had to watch a lot of news. And I want to tell you, I was more anxious, ask my wife, I was more anxious during that week of constantly checking news updates and watching news press conference than I've ever been in my life. And I'm not even, I don't even really 
um, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm somebody that is prone to that, you know, but I was more anxious and on edge than I've ever been before. So what I've done is just turn that off. If you need to check, you know, once a day to be informed of what's going on, cool, go ahead and do that. But I, you know, I would advise don't watch that stuff all day long. Um, don't look at every other thing. Don't scroll through social media all day long with looking at everybody's different opinions. Um, but the re- so part of the reason I say that is you also got to understand what's going on with the virus is I'm not worried for me. I'm not worried for me and my family. Like that's not no amount of anxiety that I'm having would be chopped up to, oh my gosh, what if I get the virus? Um, if you get the virus, you self-quarantine. It's a, for most people, healthy people, it's a bad cold um, or, a, or kind of a mild flu type feeling. Um, it's, a, it's a very highly contagious but low virulence. Um, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, you know, if you have one of the comorbidities, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with uh, COPD or if you have some type of underlying illness, then I know a lot of people are worried about that for them or their kids or their family. I understand that. Um, but for me, just to tell you where I'm coming from, that's, that, that's not what I'm worried about. Um, but I know that is what some people are worried about. So regardless of what your, your anxiety is, whether it's you're being cooped up, you don't control things. What if the, you know, what's going to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with sports? What's going to happen with the jobs? What's going to happen with all of that? Or you're worried about the virus itself. Um, just what I really like you to just to remind you of, this is something I talked about in the last episode is there's a, there's a saying in, 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 it's called acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT. There's a, a great book I read on that a while back. I've done some work with an actual counselor on um, acceptance and commitment therapy. And basically what it says is instead of trying to ignore your anxious thoughts or your the, the negative thoughts that you have, you accept those things and then you commit to purposed action anyway. So you don't let it run your life. So, so one of the sayings um, is if, if you're not willing to have it, then you will. So if you're not willing to have it, then you will. Like if you, if you are not willing to feel anxious at all, you're probably going to feel anxious a lot because what we do is we, we run from it and we self-medicate and we self-medicate with Netflix. We self-medicate with alcohol and you know, Colorado, man, you want to talk about self-medicating, uh, when the stay at home order went into place, they said they were going to close down liquor stores and, and marijuana dispensaries. And you, you would have thought, uh, <clears throat> you know, the sky was falling. That lasted all of about 30 minutes before the mayor walked that back because people were like, there's no way if I'm going to be stuck in my house, man, I got to make it to the liquor store and the weed store. I mean, that that's what happened. Um, so that just shows you the amount of self-medicating. And then we got Netflix and we got everything else. And what we're really trying to do is just kind of distract ourselves so we don't feel this underlying sense of whatever it is that we're feeling. So what I recommend if you're dealing with anxiety on any of this stuff is realize that it's okay to have that. Like you're never going to completely get rid of your anxious thoughts. Um, but anxiety is welcome on the bus. Like there's lots of other thoughts that you have, right? So if I think of it as I'm driving a bus or if I'm driving the car, um, anxiety can get in the car with me, but it can't drive and it can't pick the, the, the radio station. I think Liz Gilbert came up with that. Um, and I love that idea. She's like, I, you know, anxiety can get in the car, but it, it can't, it can't pick the playlist and it can't drive. Right. So you just can't let it take over, but it can be there. It's not harming you. You know, anxiety can actually be a good thing for a lot of reasons. Anxiety can, you know, help you pay attention to things that are important. Anxiety can show you maybe where things aren't working in your life. So there's always positives. Um, but that's one perspective I, I want to give to you is that, you know, it's okay that it's on the bus. It just can't drive. So the other percept perspective, and then I'm going to give you some tools here is where's the opportunity in this? I wrote a newsletter from my office about this recently. Like, where's the opportunity? Um, every great coach I've ever had, that's something I've done my entire life is I've surrounded myself with really good coaches. 
uh, marriage coaches, business coaches, uh, coaches for athletics, you know, bike coaches, uh, for racing a bike. Um, because I always believe that I can, I can, if somebody else has already done it well, I don't need to figure it out on my own. I, I, I just need some help. And what all of the great coaches I've had have in common is they all ask the same question. What's the opportunity? Okay. So an obvious one, I broke my collarbone a couple of years ago. Um, and I was actually chasing a guy that was stealing a, a bike out of my garage. So I wasn't even racing my bike. Uh, I walked outside to go to work one day and there's a kid stealing my bike uh, or actually a friend of mine's bike, a really expensive race bike. And I, I chased him down and was screaming at him and I actually got him to drop the bike and he ran away and I ran off the edge of the curb, fell down in the street and broke my collarbone. Um, the kid got arrested by the way, and we got the bike back. So that all turned out good, except I had a broken collarbone, which was a huge bummer. Cause I was about to do some races that I was really excited about. And the first thing my coach said was, Hey man, sorry, that's a bummer, but what's the opportunity here? The opportunity is you needed some rest anyway. So we're going to force, you're going to have some forced rest. We're going to rebuild your base and you're going to come back stronger in the next year. And sure enough, I came back the next year and just crushed it early on. Um, when I broke my, and again, when I broke my elbow, this is five years ago now, um, and this was a much bigger deal because the doctor told me I probably wouldn't be able to practice. I, I wouldn't be able to adjust people. I wouldn't be able to take care of patients anymore. And when I talked to my coach, um, first words out of his mouth were, Hey, sorry to hear that, but where's the opportunity? And there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity to help train staff and bring on another doctor that could help me with patient load and help me to do things like this podcast that I wasn't you know, able to do before because I was too busy. So there was a lot of opportunity there and there are opportunities during this coronavirus challenge or coronavirus uh, quarantine for you to build muscles that are going to help you with any type of negative emotions, anxiety moving forward. So let me give you a couple. So the first thing we're trying to do with any of these tools is take you out of fight or flight mode. Okay. The only way your body deals with stress, there's one stress reaction and that's called fight or flight. Okay. So there's two types of your two branches of your nervous system. One is called the sympathetic nervous system and that is fight or flight. So when, when you are in sympathetic overload, so when your nervous system is working primarily in sympathetic mode, you're in fight or flight, which means your uh, anxiety levels go up, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, you're more agitated because what it's designed to do is, is make sure you're able to run from that bear that you come across in the woods. And you, you want to be anxious when there's bears in the woods so you can hear them, right? But on the, on the flip side of that, you want to be, the rest of the time, you should be in uh, a parasympathetic mode, which is rest, digest, and heal. That's the other branch of the nervous system, rest, digest, and heal. So the tools that I'm going to give you here put you back in rest, digest, and heal mode, which is really important during this time. Um, and so the first one I want to talk about is mindfulness. Mindfulness, there's, there's so much out there on mindfulness now. There's so many books. There's so many um, webinars. There's so many Ted talks. You can watch a, you know, Ted talk, get on YouTube right now and, and Google mindfulness, Ted talk. And there's probably 15 Ted talks on the benefits and the medical benefits of mindfulness. Okay. And so one of the, I think opportunities right now, when we don't have much going on and we're not doing our normal things is taking time out of your day where you used to say you're too busy. Like I'm too, that's what most people say. I'm too busy to do my meditation or my mindfulness practice. I'm, I'm too busy to have a morning practice. I'm too busy to, you know, put some time in, but now most of us have more time. So spending 10 to 15 minutes in the morning, um, every morning, getting this as part of your program is there's a huge opportunity here. And then you will carve that out when you go back to work and do the things that your, your normal life, um, you know, entails, which is going to happen. And I was listening to a podcast with Jack Cornfield and he was talking about this. And he said, you know, one of the opportunities here is 
you can do kind of your own retreat. He's like, people pay me a lot of money to do a meditation retreat. Well, they'll come out. They're kind of isolated like we are now. They can't go out and do much. And they walk around and meditate all day long. He's like, they pay me a lot of money to do that. You get to do it for free. So that's one of the opportunities right now. Um, and I was even realizing, so when I was out riding my bike the other day, I went out and did a long ride out in the middle of nowhere. And there was no news on. Um, you know, I, I wasn't listening to anything. I wasn't listening to a podcast about the coronavirus or anything like that. And I just thought, man, what if I didn't have a TV? Everything is still fine. Now, uh, please, I get that there's a huge pandemic in the in, in the world right now, and, and and there's a lot of economic ramifications and all of those things. The thing is, I don't control any of those things. I can't control them. So instead of me fretting about it, I just thought, you know what? Right now, in this moment, everything's fine. Like I'm out here in, under a beautiful Colorado sky. Everything's okay in this moment, and that's really what mindfulness shows us is is what, where our anxiety comes from is our obsessing over the future or depression comes from worrying about the past or ruminating over the past. But in this moment right now, everything is okay in this moment. So as far as, you know, what I would recommend, you can get on YouTube and I'll, I'll put a, I'll put some, uh, links in the show notes here. And you can go to, there's a great one called The Honest Guys. So The Honest Guys Guided Meditations. You can find a 15-minute guided meditation to do. There's, there's hundreds of them, um, 15 to 20 minutes, and start your day out with that. Um, you can do just you know breathing exercises. A lot of them just take you through breathing and focusing on your breath and focusing on being here and, some, and, and, and right where you're supposed to be. There's also apps. Um, there's the Headspace app. Um, which is another really good one. So there's so many, so many ways that you can do practice mindfulness, but it's really just sitting there and being focused on the present moment because we are terrible about that as a society on the best of times. So this is a time to start to build that skill. So, you know, more meditation, more breathing practices, you could do yoga, but you know, and if you just go on YouTube right now and you, and you search mindfulness meditation, you'll find hundreds of these that are free that you can do that are anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes and find one that you like, find one that resonates with you and start doing that on a daily basis. And that puts you back in the rest, digest and heal or parasympathetic mode, just doing that. Okay. Another one, I talked about this on the remedy box last time, but I wanted to um, expand on it. Now it's been really helpful for me. And this is called, this is called expressive writing. Okay. Um, expressive writing. I, I pulled this out of a, this guy didn't come up with it, but he's a doctor. He's an MD. And I pulled it out of his book called back in control. Um, and he, this is a neurosurgeon who was doing back surgery on people and realizing that they weren't getting better. And he said, the reason they weren't getting better is because the problem they thought they had like a bad disc in their back. That wasn't actually the problem. The problem was what he called a hyper adrenalized nervous system, which means he was, these people were stuck in this fight or flight mode, which was causing pain. That was not physical pain. It was actually mental pain. It doesn't mean it was all in their head, but it was all in their nervous system. It's like, as long as they were stuck in that hyper adrenalized nervous system, then they were always going to be in pain. So if you're having chronic pain, chronic illness, anything like that, then this, um, this expressive writing can be great. So what you do is this is another thing you can do. You can do it at the end of the day. You can do it at the beginning of the day. I couple this with my mindfulness practice. So I'll do about 15 minutes of my mindfulness meditation, and then I'll do five to 10 minutes of expressive writing. If I'm feeling anxious that day, and what I do is you just take a blank sheet of paper, and what's really important, you can't type it. You don't want to type it in a you know Word document. Take it, um, pull out a piece of paper, and write everything that you're anxious about. And you can swear, you can curse, you can do whatever you want to do. You can be as whiny as you want, but there's all that little voice inside of you saying, why is this happening to me, and I'm so scared of this, and this isn't fair, and all of that. Instead of stuffing that down, you just let it out. 
And so you write it out on a piece of paper. Um, and I just take a blank sheet of white paper and I write it out. Usually it's about a whole page long. And then right when I'm done with it, I tear it up and throw it away. I don't put it in a diary. I don't want to revisit it because this is just, it's just my monkey mind and I just get it out on paper. So I write all of those thoughts, all of the what ifs, what am I complaining about? And usually it turns positive towards the end, you know, like it only takes me about a minute and a half of writing negative stuff before I go, but you know what, here are my blessings and here's the things that I can look forward to. And here are the things, you know, I know I'm not in control of this and I know I'm, I'm really meant to live in peace and abundance and not meant to be in this place. Sometimes it's all negative, but whatever it is, you take it out or, or you, you rip it up, you throw it away and you're done. So those two things I would tell you, and there's a lot, there's lots more. You can spend more time with your family and your kids. I mean, there's lots of opportunities. I'm spending a lot more time with my, my children than I ever have. You know, we're doing great with that. Um, having a lot of fun, you know, getting out and exercising as a family. So a lot of positives there, but those are the two things that I'm making sure I do to take care of my internal mental state because the more I take care of my internal mental state, the more I am able to help my, my family do the same thing. Um, and then the last, last skill there or the last tool is to, is build a skill. So the time that you have right now, think about what you can do. Um, one of my favorite, you know, sayings that, that I've always remembered is action is the cure for fear. Action is the antidote for fear. So take action. So what kind of skill can you build now to come out of this thing stronger on the other side? Do you need to focus on your health more? Um, do you need to do a, you know, a, a nutrition challenge or some type of cleanse? Um, do you need to uh, work on your relationship? One thing I'm going to start doing with my wife here while we're quarantined is, you know, there's a relationship quiz and a relationship, uh, course that we took a while back. We're going to refocus on that. You can get on, you know, look at different Ted talks. You can do all of these things right now and start building skills, um, during this time and to come out of it on, on the other side, better and healthier than we were, than we went into it mentally and physically. And that's just as the reminder, it, this too shall pass. We will get through this. Um, I'm willing to bet, you know, you still, you're hearing all these worst case scenario numbers. I'm willing to bet in a month or two, we'll look back on this and they will not be anywhere near the numbers of, of deaths that they're, they're, everyone's floating around. Um, no deaths are good. I, I fully understand that, but just taking some perspective and saying, you know what, this, we're going to get through this. We're going to be okay. And there's gotta be some strengths on the other side of this. So all I can do is just, you know, to encourage you is if, if you're dealing with this anxiety, start taking control of the couple things that you can control. You control what you do with your morning. You can control what you do with your evening. You control your mindset and your attitude. Let's control those things and come out of this on the other side better than we went in. So you guys, uh, take these things, start putting them into place. Any questions, uh, reach out to me. I usually put this out in an email. You can always re respond to the email. If you have questions, if you want to hear more, uh, you know, have questions or, or want to hear more topics of a podcast moving forward, let me know and just, uh, stay safe, stay safe, stay sane and stay positive right now.